You're listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast, your new home for inspiration, family, sports conversations, and a lot of other stuff. We're your all-purpose pod for an all-purpose life and your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the all-purpose pod for an all-purpose life, wherever you are today and how you're listening today. Call me Mr. You, the podcast. We thank you again for making us a part of your morning, your day, and your week. We're your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and the Twitter. Download and subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel wherever you enjoy yours. Thank you again for all your support on all of our social media platforms. That show is going really well. We are, in case you didn't know, we are live every Monday morning at 9 a.m. EST. We talk sports, family, and life. And then, of course, throughout the course of the rest of the week, a lot more inspiration, a lot more teaching on spiritual development, entrepreneurship, things of that nature, personal development type of uh, topics that we discussed throughout the course of the week. So hope you're enjoying the format and the guest and the way our show is beginning to develop, it's starting to take shape, and we're pretty excited about it. We're in we're close to the end of our third year, so we're pretty excited about all that's going on. Hope you're enjoying the show. But I've been really concerned, and this is not in any way pointing a finger at the church as a whole. Please understand my heart when I say what I say today. It's not my intention to land base the church. I'm really concerned about some things that I've been noticing. Uh, recently I was, I found myself sick. Uh, I did have the virus and I was sick on top of that before the virus. Uh, so it was just a compounding situation that went on and it is essentially was about a, nearly a month before I can get fully recovered, which is a long time to not feel good. But I really begin to well, in my time of rest and and prayer, just seeking the Lord's face and just wondering, what's this about? Why am I here? What's going on here? And I've just really been concerned about the church as a whole, not in a finger pointing way or need to, they need to get it together kind of way. They need to fix this stuff kind of way. Not that more like we're talking to talk, but we're not walking the walk kind of way. And that's been pretty concerning to me uh, normally. And I'm not proud of this, but if I was under the weather and away from normal gatherings and functions and fellowships and stuff like that, I would lament the ever present out of sight, out of mind mentality that I see so much where you feel like you're more alone than you technically should be. You got a lot of family, you got a lot of friends, people that say they love you, a lot of partners and connections, and you find yourself almost isolated when you're not feeling good and it seems as though people don't have time for you or perhaps you didn't do a good job of letting people know that you were under the weather. 
know, whatever the case may be. But I would wonder about that kind of stuff and how it could be so easily forgotten in past in the past. That's where my head would be at emotionally. I know that, you know, when I'm on the scene and I'm present for functions and fellowships and gatherings, you know, I got people around me. You would think that I had all the friends in the world and nobody ever had a word against me, you know, and it just like I used to live there in that place where I just didn't understand how I could be gone for so long and nobody seems to notice, you know, but my concern, especially during the time I was recovering from being sick, I became more and more concerned about the church, not about me and whether, you know, I had true friends or not, or people were concerned enough about me to be there for me. It wasn't so much about that. It was really all about the church. Uh, I really pondered what does the Lord think about what he sees when he looks at the church? I don't mean your particular local ministry, and it's not about your church being the best church. I'm sure you wear the T-shirts. My church is the best church in the whole world, and I love it. I never leave it. I totally understand your commitment. What I'm talking about is what do you think the Lord thinks of when he looks at the church? What does he see when his people are actually in the congregation, in the assembly, and they're hurting, they're suffering, or they're in distress? And it doesn't seem like anybody even notices that they're there. We talked uh, on a previous episode about John chapter five and the people who the great multitude that were sick, withered, crippled and lame and blind. And they were there for for years in that position, waiting for a miracle. And people knew they were there, but nobody ever extended their hand to help them until Jesus came from what scripture teaches us. What does the Lord think? Does the Lord's heart break for his people who are in the assembly where there's healing, where there's word, where there's encouragement, or where it should theoretically be located at? And they're still hurting, suffering, and in distress. They come in in distress, and they leave out of the same doors, in the same distress. They walk through the lobby, past the coffee machines, and still are in distress. Now, I always say this, and it's, it, it was originally tongue-in-cheek, but now it's not funny anymore. I talk about the, the term in-reach. It's a way that I've described the opposite of outreach. If you know what outreach is, is when you go outside of your comfort zone to go extend yourself to somebody who needs to have access to what you have. In-reach is what I see the church starting to do more and more. I'm not sure if you even realize that we're doing it where we don't go out and reach out to anybody except maybe once a month on a pre-scheduled, very highly publicized opportunity to go out into the streets and teach people and reach people and love on people. But in reach is where we have the hope that the people who are out there will come to us instead of us going to them. We can meet you in the lobby or in the pews. That would be great. Perhaps we can talk about your situation and maybe we can get you some help. If you don't show up, oh well, try to get here next week. That's in reach. We're in some kind of weird, endless time loop, praying for and trying to save the same people over and over again. We don't even realize that we haven't even seen brother or sister for months. We didn't even miss them. We can have 30 minute chats with them every time we see them, but it doesn't impact us when we don't. We just move on to somebody else. 
turn our attention to somebody else. And it feels like we got to the place that out of sight really is out of mind. I don't understand that. It's not about what I dealt with. This is really not about me at all. This is about a collective attitude that we have as the church. If I didn't see it in every ministry I was in and heard about it from friends who are in different ministries, I would think it's an isolated incident, but it's not. There are people who I haven't seen in quite a while in our ministry, and I didn't do anything about it. Sometimes I would ask. Sometimes I would send a text or make a phone call. I do that even today. But as a whole, I don't always do something about what I think or what I notice in that regard. Sometimes I just forget. How has that become so easy to forget about those that may be hurting? I mean, the Lord remembers our seed from years ago, from generations before him. In Genesis 8 and 1, God remembered Noah. In Genesis 19 29, God remembered Abraham and Lot and saved them from destruction. In Genesis 30, verse 22, God remembered Rachel and opened her womb after a long, long period of infertility. God doesn't have a memory problem. He remembers everything. How is it that we so easily, who are supposed to carry his heart, forget everything or forget people so easily? How is that possible? The church is full of his people. And even if we have great memories, we can't remember every detail of every circumstance. I get that. It's not doable. I understand that. It doesn't give us license, however, to not take notes, to keep a record of important areas we need to be praying and interceding for. We should still have a checklist, so to speak. One of our biggest priorities should be seeking his heart regularly so that we don't have to worry about remembering little details. We're tapped into his heart, so we're going to care about what he cares about. We're going to love what he loves and hate what he hates. And we always tell the Lord what's on our list, like, Kids do with Santa Claus. That's not the right approach, though. The Father wants us to share our hearts, our needs, and our pains, but what will really move his heart is asking him what he wants. It's a foreign concept, huh? What does he want? What does he want for us? No. Ask him how you can benefit his kingdom agenda. I believe that we, as a church, we're missing something, and we're not being prepared for the time to come. We're kind of just enjoying the moment where we are. There's a passage of a scripture, one of my favorite parables in Matthew chapter 25. It's in verse 1 to 13. I'm going to read it real quick so you can catch this. But it says, at the time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the choir rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, There may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on the way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. It's a very sobering passage, but it's what comes to mind when I think about the state of the church right now. Let's be honest. 
Isn't that good reason to be concerned? We have access to all of this information, access to these incredible spiritual communities. When we go into it unprepared, we don't have the oil of relationship. We don't have the oil of fellowship with God. We don't have the oil of prayer and intercession. We don't have the oil of the word of God in our hearts. We want to go out here and quote unquote represent him at the danger, at the risk of being, being what verse 12 just said. Truly, I tell you, I don't know you. I don't have fellowship with you. I don't have a relationship with you. Wouldn't it be a shame to go to church for all those years and the word of God never changes you? The worship never changes you? You're exactly the same as you was when you came in years ago? Your value is not in your attendance. It's really not about that. That shouldn't be the focus. We should be tuned into God's heart so that we know what he wants. And if that happens, I believe that you see every person that comes in as valuable, as a treasure. I mean, we're going to overlook things sometimes. I get that. We're human. I, I get that. You see that we're just less and less concerned about course correction. We're majoring on the minors and minoring on the majors. And we're not prioritizing our widows, our homeless, our sick, our shut-in. But we still have the best church in the world. This parable was so awesome to me because what it teaches me is that we all have access to the same education, the same spiritual library, the same uh, opportunity at wisdom and spiritual growth. We all have the same access. But the difference maker, what makes one foolish and what, what makes one wise is how we use what we have. There's a lot of time that I'm very concerned about the church. And I wonder if we're recognizing that we're in a place where the time for the bridegroom to return is coming. Your wedding day is coming. How do you prepare for your wedding day? If you were someone who was about to be married or have been married in the past, how did you prepare for it? Did you just buy a tux? Did you just get a wedding dress? Or were there more preparations? Were there certain details you paid attention to? Like venue, amount of people coming, the amount of food to purchase, who prepares the food, Who's going to officiate over the ceremony? The details go on and on. And I, I know that you know that as well as I do. Why do we stop caring about the details when we know our wedding day is coming? Why are we not concerned about the details? We need to be in position. We need to be in place. We need to be aligned with God's heart. At the end of the day, I know we all want to be remembered. We all want to be known. But most of all, we want to be able to say that we serve God well, and he can say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. And the door is not slammed in our faces. Whoever you are today and however you're hearing, they call me Mr. You, the podcast. I pray it was a blessing to you. Hope it encourages you to go on and align yourself with God's heart. That's the hope. That's my prayer. Enjoy the music. Coach out.
Thanks again for listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for all of our full-length live episodes. And of course, if you're an audio listener, wherever you enjoy your podcast listening, you can find the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Go change the world. Coach out.